Thursday, September 3rd, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we present the first of a series of lectures on the spheres of the Kabbalistic Tree of Life and their relation to Hermetic magic. Now, the texts we will refer to are Paths of Wisdom by John Michael Greer, The Mystical Kabbalah by Dion Fortune, and A Practical Guide to Kabbalistic Symbolism by Gareth Knight, and Hermetic Yoga Beyond the Middle Pillar, Volume 1 by Frater Thabion, and uh, Malkuth is the sphere where the Holy Guardian Angels are contacted, there are three of them, and where we find the treasure cave of the dragon. So, if you want to start at the bottom and then follow the dragon upward, tune in and we will begin the journey. Now, um, the dragon we refer to, of course, is uh, uh, depicted in uh, Johann Gichtel's uh, Elemental Man, that drawing that uh, we derive the Western Psychic Center system from. And it rises up, and Gickel even describes riding the dragon. Now, as we have said in, in earlier shows talking about uh, Johann Gickel, he was a bit of a prude, and, and as far as he was concerned, of course, the dragon was obviously uh, the Western version of the Kundalini. He knew that, and... and, and uh, and uh, he was a bit of a prude, and and, and uh, uh, so he he won't, but he still realized that we had to ride the dragon up uh, up to uh, purify the spears and purify the dragon while we were doing it. So he was he was kind of breaking the dragon like a bucking bronco and riding the dragon on up to the to the spears. Finally, got it up to Tipperet, and and uh, if you look at his uh, his drawing, and I'm sure all of you have seen a picture of it. Of of the of going up the uh, the psychic centers the middle pillar uh, that you see the dragon kind of curled around Tipperet up there, uh, so the the dragon lives of course down at the bottom of Malkuth which is the lowest sphere in the tree of life. Now, quite frankly, uh, it's been a while since we've uh, gotten cabalistic on this show. Uh, of course, Kabbalah is one of the root. Uh, uh, structures that the uh, that modern hermeticism is based on. And when I say modern, I mean ever since the uh, the Rosicrucian period, uh, when Kabbalah was uh, was reintegrated back into the hermetic system. And for a while, it was it was separated from the hermetic system, but the Rosicrucians um, reintegrated it back in, and then the and then the Masons continued continued on with having it integrated into the system. So let's talk a little bit about the Tree of Life before we get into discussing Malkuth, which is the kingdom at the bottom, and that's where we are, by the way. That's the physical world, and uh, and it is probably the most important sphere in in the Tree of Life. Uh, but we'll get into that once we once we describe the tree of life. So I think we need to we need to go back and review a little bit on the on the Kabbalistic structure here. Now in the Book of Solomon's Magic, which I assume by now most all of you have, uh, on page fifty seven I have a very, very short one paragraph definition of of Kabbalah and the Tree of Life, and it reads this way. 
Kabbalah is a philosophical, mathematical, geometric system that describes the creation and operation of the universe through four dimensions by employing a schematic design containing ten spheres of descending emanation connected by 22 paths attributed to letters of the alphabet and their numerical equivalents. Now that is a very, very quick uh, if not, if not somewhat, uh, well, I'm not going to say quick and dirty. It, it, uh, definition of Kabbalah. That's just the bare bones. And I, I went on to say, now this is a starting point, but not much better than giving weight, height, and color as the definition for an elephant. Uh, essential to understanding Kabbalah is the concept of the end sof, the limitless nothing that contracts into itself and produces the end sof over the limitless light, which then extends and produces the universe and uh, and continues to enliven uh, or, and or ensolve it. Now, this conception predates modern physics' Big Bang Theory by thousands of years, and it also puts Kabbalah philosophy in a very controversial position in relation to Orthodox uh, Jewish and Christian religion. At the highest level, the capitalist can conceive God is not judgmental, or in any way dissatisfied with his creation. He simply is and continues to be. A contemporary popular analogy would be the Force, as in Lucas's Star Wars films. Now that gives you a, a quick idea uh, of the uh, the way the Kabbalah is, uh, works. It starts with this with this Big Bang, and 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 uh, and then it it uh, descends through four dimensions, four different levels, and these levels can be thought of as levels of, of uh, vibration, they can be thought of levels of, um, of size, in other words, the size and, and, the, uh, and of size, frequency, and integers of particles, you can think of dimensions that way, um, and you could think of dimensions as as geometric structures that are that are uh, that are very tenuous. You know, there's a, uh, and, and as we as we get into these various modern theories of, of physics, like string theory and M theory and all, we get we we find we're going back more and more and more to to, to analogs to uh, to capitalistic speculation. Now, uh, as these these four dimensions, uh, they 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 are all all of them interlocked. In other words, they all exist. Let's say uh, in one in one. If you had a if you had a box and you wanted to put the whole universe in a box, according to this theory, all of these dimensions would would interlock with it. Would would interlap over each other. They would all be interpenetrating. However, in order to um, make this thing workable, we need to separate them uh, for the purposes of working into four, uh, into well, diagram them, if you will. We need to separate them into four uh, kind of egg-shaped uh, structures and stack one on top of the other. Now, the way we're going to do this is we're going to we're going to create a, a, a schematic, 
Now, I think everybody knows the difference between a schematic and a map and a blueprint. They're all, all used in engineering. All of all of these three concepts are used in and I, and I know we're not all engineers, but uh, you know, even though even though Zandria and I would happen to be, but I mean we're not all engineers, but 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 I think we all understand the difference between or if we don't, let me quickly describe it. Um, a map is a overhead projection looking down uh where things are located uh on the ground below so to speak uh and and into in scale like a road map uh and a blueprint is a is a drawing a plan uh showing how to how something is constructed how an airplane or or cars or any any object is constructed with its dimensions and 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 in, in its perspective and, and its dimensions. Whereas a schematic is essentially a wiring diagram or a plumbing diagram uh, that is not necessarily to scale. It isn't. A blueprint may show all the plumbing or all the wiring as it actually is and as you are actually going to install it, but it is, it is in a way not as functional as a schematic which, which, which does not have to be to scale and does not have to be to, uh, um, it doesn't have to be something that you can go out and 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 put it all together just the way it is laid out. A schematic shows the flow of, let's say, of electricity uh, through the wiring or the the uh, the connections that it makes, and it also, or, or in plumbing, it shows the flow of, of whatever it is you're running through the the pipes, and and uh, it, it it it's it's an operative diagram of what go of what goes where but it doesn't go it, it isn't to scale now i think everybody understands that so that's what the tree of life is it's a schematic and so we take these dimensions which actually all coexist within each other and we separate them into into four uh well, circles or or ellipses uh and and into those we place Ten spheres for one version of the tree. That's the so-called tree uh, after the fall. And then are 11 spheres for the tree before the fall. And in which, in the, in after the fall, this 11th sphere in the middle becomes a hypothetical. And we put it, we, we put it in with dotted lines because it actually falls, you know, uh, down and becomes the bottom, becomes our Malkuth sphere at the bottom. So we have... Uh, this this diagram of these spheres. Now, this is something I want I, I want some of you, especially some of our students, to realize that this schematic, in order to be really really usable and and in order to be really workable, should be done uh, should be created on a scale. Now, I know this is not a blueprint, but but it still should be created on a scale because the the, the, the geometric relationships between uh, the spheres and the paths and the way they're connected do have some importance in 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 the uh, 
um, and the structure in your mind, the way your mind works. The way you, sorry, this, in fact, let's let's say that that this tree of life is a sort of a computer program for your brain. It's a program, and and it's a program which is not only a text program because there's a lot of text that goes into this tree, but it's also a a relationship program. It is uh, dimensional relationships, spatial relationships, and geometric relationships, and therefore, uh, it 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 is a program in several languages. Not just the, not just the sacred alphabet. That's one of the languages, but it's also the the relationships uh, of the of the construction of the spheres. Now, how the way this is, this tree is constructed. It is constructed on a on a three dimensional grid. Now, uh, Leonora Leet, uh, she did it inside the the cube of space, which is another essential diagram which we'll talk about. Uh, this is this cube, which is uh, bifurcated. This 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 cube is bifurcated. For instance, if you can imagine a cube, uh, and imagine then lines running from the in the corners inside the cube to the other corner on the opposite side of the cube and then back and forth and you keep continually bifurcating this this cube with these lines and you end up with a matrix you end up with a three-dimensional matrix and you can construct a three-dimensional tree inside a tree of life inside this matrix now uh my master fred adams came up with an even simpler and more uh usable method he used Pythagoras's tetrachus. That's a that's an equilateral triangle, and he bifurcated that and and uh, and and, and uh, continued bifurcated in all these different uh, uh, crosshatch lines, and to where he produced a matrix that any any tree of life that can be placed on this this bifurcated tetrachus diagram is valid. You can have as many spheres as you want. And Isaac Luria must have used something like this because Isaac Luria came up with a, with a number of different. Uh, Isaac Luria is the great capitalist of the of the, uh, of the 16th century, and uh, he came up with a, with a number of different uh, configurations for the tree of life. Uh, the one that we we end up using is one that the Jesuit Athanasius Kircher came up with. That's the one that we end up using. And and uh, today, and that's the one you find in the Golden Dawn, and that's the one that that that, that most everybody uses uh, for the ten sphere tree, tree after the fall. And uh, any any tree that you can place with the spheres and and draw out on this on this uh, this tetrachus diagram is going to be valid at least in its in its construction. Now. Your next question you're going to ask me is, "Oh, well, well, where do I find this this diagram so I can so I can check this out?" Well, we have it in uh, Secrets of the Golden Dawn Cipher Manuscript, uh, uh, which is one of our books that we offer, and you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and it has that that Fred Adams uh, uh, to and we we and we trace out uh, a tree of life, a Kircher design on on that to show you how it works. So you might want to check that out. Now, um, the tree, as I said, it goes through these four these four dimensions. Now, the first dimension on, on the top 
the beginning uh, is Otzaluf. And Otzaluf is where the Big Bang and the, and, and the limitless light condense, and they become the, the sphere, the top sphere of, of the 10th sphere tree, or the 11th sphere tree, uh, and we call it Kether. And it is, it is the sphere of light. It is the sphere of, uh, the, it, well, it's, it's the manifestation of, the original manifestation of God and in his creative sense. And uh, so it it produces the light, which then proceeds downward. Now, uh, something I need to explain about uh, Atzaluf is, remember I said that Atzaluf, all these four dimensions are coexistent with each other. And uh, so we have a, and each one of them has a color scale. And and uh, we use uh, we use the original uh, Phoenician alphabet, extended uh, an extended version of the original Phoenician alphabet. Uh, but uh, then the Golden Dawn, of course, uses the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, they have four. We have a, a color scale for the alphabet for the for these alphabets uh, in each one of these dimensions. And the Oxaluth being the highest, being the highest power of God, that color scale uh, for the for the alphabet uh, becomes the color the color scale that that we use to uh, all the way down to empower our magical formulas because that's the purest highest power of God. And then the, the descending color scales uh, become. Uh, become used for lesser for lesser powers. Now, um, what we're going to deal with now is the theory of emanations. Now, the way the Kabbalists got this, uh, this theory of emanations, they got it pretty much from Plotinus. And it's and Plotinus, of course, was a was a follower. He, he was the creator of what was called Neoplatonism because he was originally a follower of Plato. But what he did, what Plato had the idea of uh, of um, that forms, thought forms, of course, go into this, or the thought forms of God create the universe. And and, and then the thought forms of man, who, who is ensouled by God, the thought forms of man then, then in turn create what man can imagine uh, is, is in, the, in the process of creation. And um, these these thought forms become descending emanations. And the original creation of the spheres comes down from Kether, and then it goes down, it crosses into the next dimension, which is, which is Bria. Uh, and Bria contains, um, contains uh, Hesed and Binah. It contains two spheres. This is the first duality. And this is where duality uh, starts. This is like the the Eastern, uh, the Chinese yin yang. That's the Western version of the yin yang. This is where you have uh, kind of the, uh, the, the the power. One of them, you can say that that uh, that uh, hokma is is male, and you can say bina is is female. So 
we talk, we say Hokmah is is the is the the, uh, the creative force of God in that in this Briatic dimension, and uh, Bina is the realm of the fixed stars. This is this is female because the uh, the darkness of the universe, where where which is which is then uh, then then filled with the stars uh, from the. Uh, the the marriage, let's say, of Hokmah and Bina, and this then uh, creates so Bina being the uh, supernal mother, and uh, in Phoenician terms we call we call her Asherah of the sea, uh, the sea being also space, and and uh, so the Briatic dimension is the great Yin Yang, and and this is where we get the first duality. Now. Uh, then, below Bria, we have uh, a large elliptical that we, we, we do it. Of course, as I say, all these dimensions are interlocked, but, but uh, we have this large uh, um, um, elliptical uh, dimension uh, called Yetzira, and this is the formative world. And this is where we have the lower spheres uh, below the duality of of uh, Hokmah and, 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 and Bina, and we have uh, uh, Hesed, and then we have uh, and we have Gabura, and in the middle we have Tipperath, and uh, and then so we have you, you can see, as you visualize this you can have a pillar down the middle, and the pillar goes from Kether on through Da'ath, which is that hypothetical one I'll talk about in a minute, uh, and then it goes down through through Kether right in the middle. That's that's the solar sphere. That's that's the sphere of beauty. And then it proceeds on down to Yasod, the sphere of the moon, and then down to Malkuth, which we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, and that's the middle pillar. And then we have these two pillars on either side: the pillar of the pillar of mercy on on the. Uh, on the right side and the pillar of severity on the left side. Now, uh, the descending emanations in this tree are described as a flaming sword or a lightning flash. Now, the lightning flash is more accurate because if it comes down, and those of you who who uh, have a tree of life in front of you right now, it'd be a good idea if you did. If you don't, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pause to let you. Uh, we'll pause for a commercial, maybe, and you can you can get up and get your tree of life and come back. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll skip that. But anyway, uh, this lightning flash comes down. I think most of you have seen it, and it comes down from Kether, and it passes right on down. It goes into into Hukma, uh and over to Bria, and then down through the Hath. Uh, to Hesed, and then over to Gomorrah, and then down to Tipperath, and and then uh, and then down to, down from Tipperath to Netzach, and then over to and then down to Yasod, and then it goes from Yasod straight down to Malkuth, which is the sphere down there. Malkuth is the one sphere at the bottom in its own dimension, just like Kether's in its own dimension, and that's a Shia, and that is the that is the dimension of the physical world. Here again, remember, all of these dimensions are interlocked; they all ex- coexist within each other, uh, and so a Shia is is the dimension of the physical world, and that has one sphere in it, and that's Malkuth, and that's the sphere of the earth. 
Now, as you have probably gathered, um, these uh, spheres, the tree of life, are also analogous to the planets. And those were referred to as the mundane chakras. In other words, the mundane, the mundane spheres, the, the physical manifestations. So these uh, actually, if you want to get uh, cabalistically technical, all of these, uh, plant, the, the planets themselves, all exist in Malkuth, and, 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 or in, in a Shia. They all exist in a Shia, and they are all directly you know, correct, connected by gravity and everything else to Malkuth. They're a part of the physical universe. Uh, and yet, at the same time, they have uh, the, the higher dimension aspect that we uh, that we in Kabbalah and magic attribute to them. And they have their own uh, set of spiritual beings, which we contact, and which, uh, and as you probably have already uh, gathered, uh, astrology has a lot to do with this. And quite frankly, if you, if anybody tells you that that, that that Kabbalah is not rooted in astrology. They don't know what they're talking about. Now, my answer to that is, if you don't think Kabbalah is rooted in astrology, just go ahead and get yourself a set of the Zohar. And, and uh, you know, the, the Kabbalah Center Zohars are very good. If they don't ever do anything else, that, that, that was wonderful. Just get yourself a set of the Zohar and go through it. And... If it doesn't make a capitalist out of it, it sure will make an astrologer out of it. I'll tell you that, because Kabbalah and astrology are are, are very, very uh, much interwoven. So, and magic, of course, uh, hermetic magic, the, base of her, the basis of hermetic magic is astrology. And, and uh, so, uh, and as you realize, as you develop magical correspondences and magical operations, you know, they're all key with astrology. Everything we do is related to astrology. And so uh, uh, sometimes uh, when I'm talking about uh, Gaborah, I'll slip right back and talk about Mars because they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. And uh, the same thing about, uh, you know, Tempereth and the sun. Now, um, this the reason why I've been doing this is kind of review you a little bit before we get into this the, about the discussion of Malkuth specifically to kind of review you on the on, on the basic principles of of Kabbalah and how it comes down. Now Malkuth is uh, is as I said earlier probably the most important sphere in the whole Kabbalah because this is where we do it. Yeah, this is where we do it. This this is the plane of demonstration. This is where it gets done. And this is where it gets manifested. This is where all the preforms end up. And uh, uh, I know my, my colleague, Lon Duquette, has a nice analogy where, where he goes back to Plato with Plato's uh, example of the chair and, and uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, there's a preform. Before, there, before, before a chair exists, there is a chair in the in the in the imagination. It's a preform, and there's a chair is visualized somewhere before it is built, and then it comes about. And uh, the way Lon describes this, and, and I think it's very very good. He says uh, that the uh, the uh, uh, senior staff up up in Bria, uh, they they get in t- they get in touch with uh, God up in Kether, and uh, and God says, 
rest. And and the uh, chairman and and the chairman of senior staff over there in Oakmont says, "I think God wants a chair." And so they get a hold of the of the uh, of the engineering department down at Yazira, and uh, down in Hassan, and the, the chief engineer down in Hassan say, "Hey, God wants a chair." And uh, the, the, the engineering department the CEO of engineering he said, "We'll get right on it." And then he goes over to he goes over to Gabor and he says, "He says, put the boys on the drawing board. God wants a chair." And so they 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 design a chair, and uh, and then you know in in Tipperef they they start working on it, and uh, and then down in Netsock they really get at it. Down in Netsock they start uh, you know getting the timber together and 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 uh, and, and whatever, and they and and then over in Hawd they got the workshop and they got the lathes and they got the you know the. Uh, and all the, the upholstery stuff, and they they put it together, and then they send it down to Yasad, and Yasad that's quality control. They check it out and they think, yeah, this is pretty good, and then they put it down at Malkuth and it's on the showroom floor. Uh, now that that is, uh, <laughs> I think that that that, that Lon does very very well with that analogy because this is the way it works. But now the formulas. And because John, because God wants a chair, that sentence right there, God wants a chair. We would do that, write that out in in Phoenician letters, and in the colors of the of of the Atzilus color scheme, and that becomes the formula, and that is passed all the way down. And and that goes down down the line. That formula, God wants a chair, you know. And and everybody's oh, oh boy, you know. And it and it keeps going. And that formula, as it goes down, it changes color. It changes the, the formula changes the color into uh, you know into the the color of the of the dimension, the color scale, the dimension it's in. And finally, you know, and finally when. When the chair reaches the showroom floor, it's got a price tag on it, which is God wants a chair, and and that's that's what they, they call it. And 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 when it's down there on the showroom floor, it's finally in the in the in the princess scale. And so uh, this is a pretty good definition. Basically, this is a good definition of the magical creative process, which follows the actual celestial creative process if you will. Now, with that in mind, let's talk about the characteristics of Malkuth. Now, I said we had some texts for reference. Now, let me talk about these texts. Um, first, I said we had the, the uh, Paths of Wisdom by John Michael Greer. This is very good, and we've used this one before in our, in our series on the paths. And uh, uh, it's, it's his his write up on Malkuth is fairly short. He hits most of the bases and he got most of the correspondences. And I and I like I like it. And I think I think for a first reference on on this is this is really good. The Mystical Kabbalah by Dion Fortune. Now one of the things about the Mystical Kabbalah, I know a lot of people have this book and 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 uh, Regardi thought very highly of it, but there's a problem with it. At the time when she wrote this book, she was a Golden Dawn initiate, and she did not want to do anything on the paths because 
They were secret. The Golden Dawn, uh, and that was one of the problems with the Golden Dawn, in my opinion, was that they 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 put so much emphasis on the paths that they almost they really did neglect the spheres. Uh, well, beyond fortune, so when she did the mystery, her mystical Kamala, she concentrated on the spheres and and left the paths pretty much alone because uh, most of that stuff she still considered a paratone, which is the Greek word for secret. And uh, so uh, it, it, it's, it, 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 it's worth reading. The, the unfortunate mystical Kamala on Malkuth is worth reading. For one thing, she has a lot of practical advice in and because Malkuth is where you do your magical operations. That's where we have our magical temples, where we do our operations, where we make our tools, where we do, uh, you know, where we do manifestations, where we do scrying and all this kind of business, and divination. And by the way, Malkuth is the sphere of divination. This is where you do geomancy, tarot, astrology. All of this is done in Malkuth. Now, um, so Dion Fortune has a lot of practical advice some of it is kind of Victorian. Uh, she, one of these Victorian occultists who like to talk about ectoplasm. Oh boy! And that, whenever I, whenever I run into that, I kind of think, uh oh, you know, uh, here, here comes the floating, here comes the floating trumpet, you know, and 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 uh, yeah, the, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah, the play Twilight Zone music. I remember when we did the when we did the Houdini seance at at, uh, at the Magic Castle. We had an earthquake right in the middle of the seance, and boy, that sure added to it. <laughs> and that that, however, was not was not a special effect. It was an actual earthquake. Uh, but uh, so so you can take some of what Dion Fortune's practical advice with a grain of salt. Um, and uh, now. A Practical Guide to Kabbalistic Symbolism by Gareth Knight. This is, especially on Malkuth, this is excellent. And one of the reasons why it is so excellent is because in the end of his article on Malkuth, after he gets through with the theory, he describes the elemental king kingdoms and queendoms. Oh, he doesn't call them, but yeah, that... And that He's still calling Peralta the king of the sylphs, and 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 that's that's not good. She's the queen of the sylphs, and and uh, the Nixa is the is the queen of the undies, and uh, and by the way, that's something that that we that we've done. We have um, made made the male and female the, the archangels of the quarters, and and and. Uh, Basil, 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 Jared Knight's uh, Monday name is Basil Wilby, and he has a website. He's still going, by the way. He has a website. You can you can uh, get on there. But his and his practical guide to Kabbalistic symbolism has been reprinted. It, it's 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 available. It's very very good. It's a little dated too, but then you know he has some uh, Britannia rules the waves kind of philosophy. So does Dion Fortune, by the way. Uh, and she's one of the things about Dion Fortune's. Um, uh, comments is she's going on about about uh, uh, talking about Eastern mysticism and and talking about uh, you know the, the the mortality rate in the East and and and, uh, and and the squalor and the lack of sanitation and and as if 
and and you know you just know that that this is uh, the British the British saving the uh, the Indians from you know from from their their pollution and everything. But uh, now at this point, here all of this and apparently all of this uh, this sanitation and 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 uh, and good midwifing procedures and everything that we brought them during the during the colonial period all of the, that sort of thing we're negating it by all of our genetically engineered food that we're giving him so so uh i don't know whether whether some of this victorian uh uh um extolling is really uh, valid uh in that respect but mind you make up your own mind however uh uh then the other book i'm referring to is uh, Beyond the Middle Pillar of uh, uh, Hermetic Yoga, Beyond the Middle Pillar, Volume 1, by myself, uh, Frater Thabian. And uh, and that one, uh, you know, I, I do want to um, naturally read you a little bit of uh, what we have on Malkuth and the Dragon in there. Um, and then, uh, so... Let's let's talk a little bit about the structure of Malkuth as far as its correspondences are concerned. Now I'm going to go ahead and uh, and uh, all of these all of these books that I referred to give you a list of correspondences uh, for Malkuth. They all do. Now this is John Michael Greer's Malkuth, the Tenth Sphere. The title: Malkuth, the Kingdom. Name of God is Adonai, the Lord. The archangels are Metatron, Prince of Countenances, and Sandalphon, his twin brother, actually twin sister, because Sandalphon should be female. And uh, and he and, and Greer even admits that. The angelic host, the Ashim, that's humanity. And the astrological correspondence, Olam, Yisadolf, the sphere of the elements. Tarot correspondences, the four tens, the four pages are princesses of the pack. Elemental correspondence, the earth. Path text, and this is the this is the Kabbalistic text. The tenth path is the resplendent intelligence because it is ex- exalted above every head and sits on the throne of Binah. It illuminates the splendors of all the lights and causes and influence to descend from the Prince of Countenances. Now let's stop and talk about that a little bit because he's saying that uh, it sits on the throne of Binah. Now remember, Binah is... Uh, Binah was attributed to Saturn in the ten, in, in the tree uh, after the fall. It, uh, it is uh, attributed to Saturn. But it's supposedly... Uh, the realm of the fixed stars. This is not never never this this was never correct. Uh, and and so, however, in the tree before the fall, Saturn is in the Oth. And and because because the Oth falls to, to Malkuth, and and so and before the fall, the tree before the fall. Should have that has Da'ath as a manifested sphere is Saturn, and Bina is the realm of the fixed stars. But regardless, Bina is the supernal mother, 
And the supernal mother is also um, related to, and that's why this where this comes from, related to the the, the Earth Mother. Uh, that's gay uh, or 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 gay, and and related to, and and related to Sandalphon. But the point that that uh, that I that I want to make here is that. The physical universe begins, according to the Kabbalah, right in the center of the Cuban space. It begins with Saturn. It begins with Saturn, and therefore, Saturn has a relationship to the Earth. And Saturn uh, Saturn relates to the Earth. In fact, it's so much so that, that, that one of the weaknesses of the, of the Kabbalistic structure is they have no Kabbalistic, no Hebrew letter for the earth element. And so they use Saturn as, as whenever you want to invoke Malkuth, you have to use Saturn, uh, you have to use Saturn uh, as that point. And we use a septogram to do that, so naturally we have to we have to uh, use the Saturn point, and then when we uh, then we declare the, uh, the, the uh, declare the invocation, then we put uh, uh, the Earth symbol and uh, and say Adonai Haaretz uh, when when we do, because uh, one of the as I say one of the weaknesses of the original Kabbalah was that they did not have. A letter for the Earth element. We have we have since in the in in our eleven sphere tree and tree before the fall restored tree. Uh, we have corrected that. We've added uh, we've added uh, uh, well two more letters to the to the ancient alphabet uh, and uh, one omega and and crater in the beginning, uh, which which makes which fills that out. Now, um, to continue on this this set of correspondence, the magical image, a young woman in a robe of mixed earth colors, her feet bare, her hair unbound, sitting on a throne of roughly shaped black stone. Now, this would apply both to the Archangel Oriel and it would also apply to the Angel Sandalpha. Additional symbols, the altar, the equal-armed cross, the temple, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, this is important, and I want to digress a little bit here. Uh, in the Golden Dawn, and those of you who are familiar with it, there are two diagrams, the tree before the fall and the tree after the fall. In the tree before the fall, uh, this is, represents the Garden of Eden before the fall, and then the tree after the fall is the Garden of Eden after the fall. Da'ath is the tree, is the sphere of knowledge. And, and Da'ath uh, is, is the tree of knowledge and, and is the tree of knowledge in, in, the, uh, in the Garden of Eden, the tree from which Eve ate the apple, the tree which the serpent uh, beguiled Eve, she ate the apple, and according to the way the Golden Dawn works out, Eve ends up down there with her uh, down, uh, falling down all the way down to where she's halfway into the cliff off at the bottom of the of the, the tree. And the cliff off, by the way, is something that we don't use in the OTA. Uh, the cliff off is a, um, is a sump at the bottom of Malkuth. 
which the fallen shells of the unsuccessful uh, entities created in, the, in creation fall down into this this well, literally the sump at the bottom of the cliff. It's a it's a it's a cesspool, and and it's filled with all of the pagan gods that the rabbis didn't like. They put they they called them uh, they called them shells because well they they after Ezra came back from from uh, you know from captivity they went on a Jewish evangelistic campaign all through Palestine converting everybody and and getting rid of their gods and and this is where they threw them down into the cliff eye. and uh, so uh, we don't we don't go along with this. Well, that uh, our concept, as far as we're concerned, is that that if there's a negative part of the tree of life, it's around the backside of the sphere. We're we're more monist than than dualist. This whole cliff out thing is a very dualistic, uh, very very dualistic thing. But but then Ezra was very much influenced by King uh, by Cyrus of Persia, and Cyrus of Persia, of course, was a was a Zoroastrian, and so. Uh, and they're very dualistic, and so he uh, he equated he ends up equating all of the Hebrew uh, Starte Baal and and even and unfortunately even Father El, the uh, um, the original God, got equated with 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 Ereman and all the Persian demons, and and so they threw them all down in the sump. So uh, if you uh, down the bottom, but interestingly enough, if you notice the way the tree of life is constructed, the serpent, the serpent of wisdom, comes all the way up from the bottom, touching every path on the way up, going back up the tree, all the way to the top. And what is that serpent? That serpent? That's the same serpent that whispered in Eve's ear. And what did Jesus say? Be wise as serpents. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the uh, well, the snake ain't that bad. And and uh, and and Daath, uh is like the apple, sphere of knowledge. Um, now, uh, before you get start to thinking that I'm talking. And I'm talking like a Satanist. I want to point something out to you. The Bible. One set of books, God was L. And the other set of books, God was YHVH or Jehovah. Now, what Ezra did was he took all of the books that were that were where they called God L or Elohim which is plural, as you know, and that means that it was the El was 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 the father god of the gods. He took all of those uh, and whatever he liked out of those books, he he retained, and he put YHVH ahead of Elohim. So you, it reads it reads Jehovah Elohim. In other words, uh, in, in other words, Jehovah of the gods. And 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 then he threw the rest of the, the rest of the book book away, and so um, 
And this goes all through the Old Testament and it even continues into the New Testament. Hebrews was not written by Paul. And that is, that Hebrews is where it says Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a priest of El. He was, he was an Eloist. Now, these two books, so this has nothing to do when I'm talking about the serpent and I'm talking about what happened in the Garden of Eden. It has nothing to do with Satanism. It has to do with with the fact that the Bible was was uh, uh, majorly plagiarized, altered, and 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 perniciously edited uh, by Ezra. I want to just explain that because uh, uh, there's so much symbolism in this. Uh, and then in the tree of life with the lightning flash coming down, the serpent coming back up, and that uh that you need to understand that that, that uh uh we're not uh uh we're not we're we're not uh just because we don't particularly like Jehovah doesn't mean that, that, that we that we that we're not uh we're not uh, devoted to God. We are. And and uh, now uh, the colors in Atsaluth, in Atsaluth, the color of Malkuth is clear yellow. Because, because as I say, all of these spheres of the tree exist in each of these dimensions in different levels. So in, uh, in, in Atsaluth, the color is clearly yellow. In Bria, it is citron, olive, russet, and black. Now, the Golden Dawn's Minutum Mundum is uh, their, their version of the Tree of Life. The uh, the paths uh, are all in in the in the, the absolute scale because they're the paths are active and the spheres are passive and so the spheres are in the Briatic scale and in the Briatic scale uh, citron olive russet and black uh, that's the um, um, those are the, the colors that you see on the on the minutum one of the our diagrams of the tree of life now in the azura. It's, it's the same, except they're they're flecked, flecked with gold. And in the Shia, which is the which is the uh, actual, you know, the the, the so-called actual color, if you can see it, would be black, red with yellow. Now, um, what what uh, we need to uh, point out here about uh, these colors is that these colors are all. These are magical colors. These are not the colors that you are going to see when you when you, when you scry. Uh, they're not. They're not scrying colors. They're not. Uh, they're not uh, colors you're going to see on the astral unless you have conditioned yourself so much. Where yeah, you can if you if you study them long enough. Yes, you will see them in, in these colors. But these are colors we impose magically to get our to to get our magic to work. And that's something that uh, a lot of people don't understand. That they think, they think uh, that uh, that these colors are oh, this is this is what the all uh, these things actually look like. No, no, they're 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 colors to be applied. They're colors to be applied because when we use when we do, we visualize with magic, uh, we we use the color when we color the alphabet, the letters in the alphabet. When we use magical color in our talismans, in our in our and our talismanic images, all of these colors, are what we use to to activate uh, the, the the various dimensions. Now, um, 
I'm going to read to you what we have on Malkuth in in uh, in, our, in our Hermetic Yoga book. And by the way, the mandala, the mandalas for Malkuth. Um, what we did, we have the citron, olive, resin, black, just like the Golden Dawn does. We use Golden Dawn colors as much as as much as possible, because they put a lot of work into it, and and and, and they're the best synthesis for correspondences since uh, since and Agrippa. And and they put a tremendous amount of work into these color schemes and and whatever. So they they are they have become hermetic standard pretty much all for all over the world. Now um, what we did though that, uh, that that for this mandala, which makes it much easier to visualize, by the way, we took two pentagrams. Uh, one one pentagram is black. Uh, one pentagram. Outlined with red on on the on the olive drab uh, on an olive drab background, and it's black and it's outlined with red and it's and it's pointed downward, uh, upside down pentagram. And then there's one uh, on top of that superimposed uh, in yellow and outlined in white, uh, and that's superimposed over it, which gives you a ten pointed uh, which gives you a ten pointed star, which is what you need for that for this mandala. And then we put Omega and green omega in the center of it, uh, and omega is the letter that we use for the for the final for the earth letter, and so um, and uh, so the tenth sphere, the letter is omega, om the archangel send Alphon, the god form of course is Lotan the dragon, and the musical note is a low C. Now we're going to talk about uh, I'm going to read you what we have what we have on Malkuth in the book here. Malkuth, the kingdom. Malkuth is the one sphere in the lowest dimension of Shia, the realm of physical manifestation. This is where everything comes about. It's called the kingdom because it is the manifestation of creation and was originally thought to be paradise. To some Kabbalistic philosophers, it is the most important sphere of all because it is here that one plays the game of life and either wins or loses. It is filled with treasures and pleasures, and it has its own spiritual world that can include our ancestors and a host of elementals that can either aid or lead us astray. The fallen angels, which are an analog for many of us, were anxious to come down and enjoy the pleasures and challenges of life in the flesh. Thus they devolved in a spiritual sense, finally becoming trapped in the mountain of darkness by their own physical and spiritual dissolution. But Alkuth is the realm of sacred nature, and some of the most inspiring aspects of God's creation are to be enjoyed here. Malkuth is also the sphere where you will encounter your holy guardian angels, because each sphere, the tree of life, contains all the spheres of the tree within its compass. Malkuth should be a place of love and beauty for all humankind, and we should strive to bring peace, love, and compassion to all our our fellow humans. Through me flows a river of unlimited love is our transformation mantra, meaning that love should flow from us to all humankind and to nature herself. 
For the earth is indeed a goddess in her own right, the anima mundi of the Renaissance magicians, ruled over by the archangel Sandalphon. The dragon in the caverns below, traditionally sleeping on his mound of treasure, represents our smoldering passions that drive us towards success, procreation, and creative endeavors. We can use this dragon as a steed to ride upward through the spheres of our body of light, carrying us on a spiritual quest to acquire knowledge, wisdom, and finally enlightenment. In this way, we evolve toward the light which created the holy spark within us at the dawn of time and stayed with us from lifetime to lifetime, always yearning to rise toward the fountain source of its holy brilliance. It is that spark that proclaims the great mystery, the great I am, and so are you. Okay, now, let's talk about the dragon a little bit. Uh, The dragon, as I said, is the Western version of the Kundalini, the Kundalini serpent. Now, in the Kundalini serpent, as you probably know, is, is female, whereas our dragon is male. And our dragon, uh, and you know, our dragon is male on the Phoenician side of the, uh, on the Phoenician side of the, of the, the fence, but over on the Babylonian side, the, the, the dragon of chaos was female. And that was Tiamat. And as you remember, Marduk hacked her all up and, and, uh, and uh, uh, well, Baal, with Tenet's help, of course, um, manages to, to master Lotan, uh, as, as we, uh, we do in our, in our uh, winter solstice ceremony. But, uh, but we don't kill Lotan. We don't, we don't kill him. We, we control him. Uh, and in 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 our Phoenician uh, mythology. Now, uh, if if you're looking, in, well, those of you who have the book, um, and those of you who don't, there's only one way you can get it this year. Next year you may be able to get it because uh, we'll go public with it with both volumes next year. But but right now you have to be a member to get this book. So. I encourage I encourage those of you who haven't signed up yet to uh, to uh, you know, get your letters in and get your application and get with us here. Um, now, the the dragon in in the in the Malkuth icon is lying on his treasure, sleeping on his treasure, and uh, and then we show him rising up to this to this hole in the ceiling of the cave, with a light streaming down. And the spirit body riding, riding up, right up, right up, right up behind his head, and he mounts the, you know, the dragon on the spirit body, and uh, and then ride him up, and ride him up to the spheres and visit the and visit the spheres, uh, and uh, the way we do this is we uh, we use a version of uh, of Taoist um, yoga in this particular case, and. Uh, we do, you know, we do a pump up with a fire breath, and and uh, then we, uh, uh, and then we pinch and start the dragon up and start the dragon up the spine. It's it's a very uh, powerful process, and those of you who haven't raised your kundalini yet, this is a good way to do it. Uh, and um, and as I said, this you, you can you can look at Gitchell's uh, Gictal. I keep mispronouncing it, Gitchell. It's Gictal. 
uh, and, uh, and my German is not that, that good. But anyway, uh, uh, you look at Gickel's drawing, and you can see the dragon uh, circling around Tempereff. And uh, Gickel thought the dragon was evil. Well, the dragon is is chaos, but but rather than than uh, rather than, than destroy chaos the way the Babylonians did, we would prefer to master master the the, the forces. And that's much more in keeping with magic, uh, with the magical principle. And so, uh, and by the way, let me point this out, uh, because it's a good analogy to chaos magic. In chaos magic, um, chaos magic, the dragon masters you. You don't master the dragon. And and uh, so, uh, this is the, the dragon of chaos. Is 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 a force to be uh, to be controlled and to be and to be used, and uh, that's the way we prefer to do it. Now, uh, as as will be here at night has a very very good in the, the in the, the tail end of his of his uh, chapter on on Malkuth. Um, what he does is he he reviews the uh he reviews the um the entities and and I'm gonna read read a little bit directly from him because he's reviewing the entities that relate to uh the sphere of Malkuth and I think that this is this is really uh, excellent. And, and uh, um, now, let's see. That's uh, on page 198. The practical implication of all this is uh, is the etheric physical structure of the Earth, which is built out of the projections of consciousness of elemental entities. It relies on humanity to put in touch with spiritual realities, as the elementals are creations of the created. That is, they are units of consciousness created by the evolutions of, of flame, form, and mind. And he's quoting now from the, from the Cosmic Doctrine by Dion Fortune. And not by their own development. From the spiritual reality of the great unmanifest, they are doomed to extinction at the end of the day of manifestation. Unless they have, they have picked up spiritual vibration by that time, and the only way they can do that is through the meditation of humanity. This is the reverse of the old idea that that if you don't believe in fairies, they're going to die out. And and as the majority of humanity seems blissfully ignorant of its own spirituality, let alone the existence of the elemental kingdoms, it will be obvious that the plight of these elemental entities is a grave one. See. Uh, and Basil, Basil is very, very much a British folklorist, along with being being quite a good magician. That's what he's referring to is this old idea. Like the fairy, you know, you know we've all heard the story and one way or another where the little, the little kid goes out in the woods and, 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 and finds the fairy and the fairy's crying and, and, and uh, the little kid says, why are you crying, little fairy? And the fairy says, nobody believes in us anymore. Nobody believes in us and, well, I get it. Kids, well, I believe in you. 
Ooh, yeah, you do, but you're the only one, you know. And 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 this is so. This is what Basil's talking about, and this is true. If you believe in elementals, they exist, and and they do. I I I don't know. I don't know what Bill Mastiel thinks about this, but but probably you go along with the same idea. I imagine he would. Uh, he believes in some beautiful mermaids over there in Hawaii, and he's found a few. <laughs> And the sum total of all of these elemental entities which hold together the esoteric stresses of the planet is called the planetary being. In some cosmologies, it is referred to as the planetary spirit. But in the light of the, of the facts just stated, the title is a misleading one, for it has no inherent contact with spirit. The Archangel Sandalphon is its guide, for she holds the concept of of what of what it should become, and this concept, which has objective existence on its on its own level, can be called the planetary entity. However, the bridge between planetary being and planetary entity has to be built up by humanity itself, and this constitutes one of the tasks of the initiated adepts, though it is really the responsibility of all humanity. The planetary being is helped much by the right attitude to earthly things, that is, the application of spiritual principles in ordinary life. The ethic of Malkuth, order and efficiency, has to be consciously pursued all day long. And it is a little little use uh, for short periods, only as a ritual working or regarding this task grudgingly as a duty for convention. Also, the planetary being cannot be helped much by, by the intellect. Let me digress a little bit here. Uh, uh, this is earlier on in this in this article. Basil talks about uh, about uh, living in the moment, which of course is quite a big um, has been a big thing. And, and you know, as people, oh yeah. I'm in the moment. I'm living it. I'm living that. And he says that this is very important. That hardly any of us, hardly any of us, are really living in the moment in the physical, in the physical world. We, we're not relating to it. We're, we're thinking about something else, and and we're, we're remembering things, or we're thinking ahead, or whatever. And we're not aware of all of the beauty and all of the natural, uh, and the, the natural things occurring around us. And and uh, and I got to thinking when I when I uh, um, you know Fred Fred Adams and I both knew Basil and corresponded with him and Fred Fred met him uh, and and uh, over there in England but I have I I never I never met Basil but but um, um, Fred was very very much into this business of becoming one with nature. Going out and not don't you know don't close your eyes, and when you do yoga in, in a natural setting, open your eyes and 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 and, and do yoga with with all the nature, all with all of the setting around you, and and become one with it. You know, be be part of be part of the nature you're in, and and uh, be part of the world that you're in. And uh, Basil makes a nice very nice point about that. Um, uh, but later, of course, he had. Later, uh, I don't know, uh, well, Basil took up with a with a Christian, with a fundamental Christian minister, and they went out and they exercised pagan ley lines, and oh boy, oof, oh man, that that wasn't too good. 
But um, um, let's see. In all these considerations, the distinction must be borne in mind between Earth as a planet, Earth as one of the one of the four elements, and Earth as Malkuth, the physical plane of the whole universe. Thus, the traditional archangel of Malkuth is Metatron, the same being who uh, is the archangel of Kether, which again shows a strong link between spirit as spirit and spirit as matter. Sandalphon is really the archangel of planet Earth, and the archangel of the element of Earth is Oriel. Oriel or Uriel is one of the great archangels of the four quarters. In the east, of course, is Raphael, in the south, Mikael, in the west, Gabriel, and in the north, Uriel. The first of these three angels have already been described. Oriel is a great figure built up with the dark green and browns of Earth, and who in his and her, well, I would say her, inner aspects represents uh, the primeval light of God himself. And who is much concerned with the great teachers who have periodically come to earth. Thus, in the east is the great source of healing. In the south, the great source of balance and protection. In the west, the great source of vision. And in the north, the great source of teaching. Uh, Those of you who are involved in, in our program realize that we spend quite a bit of emphasis on invoking uh, and internalizing these four great archangels. And in fact, we just did, uh, just this last Sunday, we did a we did a, uh, a Raphael, and before that we did an Oriel uh, invocation. Um, thus, in the East, the great source of healing. In the South, the great source of balance and protection. In the West, the great source of vision. In the North, the great source of teaching. Oriel is also connected to Mikael as a great balancing force that is behind the great cataclysms of Earth, such as are described in the legends of Atlantis, Sodom, and Gomorrah. In building up the forms of the archangels of the four quarters, they are best conceived as great fortresses or towers, colored in the active colors of the element, and, and concerned as yellow, red, blue, green, respectively, as opposed to the passive colors, blue, dark red, silver. Interpenetrating all can be conceived, the Archangel Sandalphon and Citron Holly, russet and black, pulsing with the slow vibrations of Earth. Now we're running a little bit over time, and uh, uh, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, he goes on uh, with uh, with uh, the kings of the elemental forces and the queens. Well, he he doesn't he doesn't differentiate. He makes them all kings, and Peralta should be a queen, I think, and 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 Dijin, the salamanders, and the king, and, and what have you. However, even though uh, Basil has uh, has not has not uh, genderized these these, that doesn't mean that this isn't an excellent excellent book. And I I, I really recommend it if you're gonna if you can find it. A practical guide to Kabbalistic symbolism. And without this, without this book, I don't think our pathworking system, uh, even though we use Kerpol Singh's uh, uh, system as a model, I don't think we could have we could have really capitalized it as well as we did if it wasn't for Basil's book. 
And uh, and if you're listening, Basil, uh, hope hope we we we, we sell a few for you. Anyway, uh, so this about wraps it up. Next week, next week we're going to um, we're going to mount the dragon and we're going to go on up to Assad and uh, and talk about the sphere of uh, the lunar sphere, the sphere of the foundation, and uh, and uh, and the significance of that. And so until then. Uh, until that time, uh, good magic and uh, take care and be well.